Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Doctrine and Covenants of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Even though this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort has been made to be as doctrinally and historically accurate as possible. Every day a new section of the Doctrine and Covenants will be released. I hope that you'll visit this often and be able to share this uh, with your friends. Thank you. Hi, and welcome back to the Doctrine and Covenants podcast. This will be for section 83. First, the heading. Revelation given through Joseph Smith the Prophet at Independence, Missouri, April 30th, 1832. This revelation was received as the Prophet sat in council with his brethren. On the 27th, we transacted considerable business for the salvation of the saints who were settling among a ferocious set of mobbers, like lambs among wolves. It was my endeavor to so organize the church that the brethren might eventually be independent of every encumbrance beneath the celestial kingdom by bonds and covenants of mutual friendship and mutual love. On the 28th and 29th, I visited the brethren above Big Blue River in Caw Township, a few miles west of Independence, and received a welcome only known by brethren and sisters united as one in the same faith and by the same baptism and supported by the same Lord. The Colesville branch in particular rejoiced as the ancient saints did with Paul. It is good to rejoice with the people of God. On the 30th, I returned to Independence and again sat in council with the brethren and received the following. Verse 1, Verily, thus saith the Lord, in addition to the laws of the church concerning women and children, those who belong to the church who have lost their husbands or fathers, women have claim on their husbands for their maintenance until their husbands are taken. And if they are not found transgressors, they shall have fellowship in the church. And if they are not faithful, they shall not have fellowship in the church, yet they may remain upon their inheritances according to the laws of the land. And all children have claim upon their parents for their maintenance until they are of age. Paul wrote, if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. This is the divine right of a wife and mother. President Benson said, while she cares for and nourishes her children at home, her husband earns the living for the family, which makes this nourishing possible. In a home, in a home where there is an able-bodied husband, he is expected to be the breadwinner. Sometimes we hear of husbands too because of economic conditions have lost their jobs and expect the wives to go out of the home and work, even though the husband is still capable of providing for his family. In these cases, we urge the husband to do all in his power to allow his wife to remain in the home, caring for the children while he continues to provide for his family the best he can, even though the job he is able to secure may not be ideal and family budgeting may have to be tighter. Howard W. Hunter gave further counsel to the brethren of the church. He said, you, hold the priesthood who have the, you who hold the priesthood have the responsibility, unless disabled, to provide temporal support for your wife and children. No man can shift the burden of responsibility to another, not even to his wife. The Lord has commanded that women and children have claim on their husbands and fathers for their maintenance. President Benson has stated that when a husband encourages or insists that his wife work out of the home for their convenience, not only will the family suffer in such instances, but, but his own spiritual growth and progression will be hampered. We urge you to do all in your power to allow your wife to remain in the home, caring for the children while you provide for the family the best you can. We further emphasize that men who abandon their family and fail to meet their responsibility to care for those they have fathered may find their eligibility for a temple recommend and their standing in the church in jeopardy. In cases of divorce or separation, men must demonstrate that they are meeting family support payments mandated by law and obligated by the principles of the church in order to qualify for the blessings of the Lord. 
5 and after that, they have claim upon the church, or in other words, upon the Lord's storehouse, if their parents have not wherewith to give them inheritances. These instructions have particular application within the law of consecration as, as practiced at that time. Children were expected to provide for their own temporal welfare when sufficiently mature to do so. If their parents had means to provide an inheritance for them, they were to receive property from them. Those that entered into adulthood without any means of providing for themselves had claims upon the properties of the church to receive an inheritance within the law of consecration. When one comes to a bishop and asks for assistance because of his or her straitened circumstances, said Joseph F. Smith, the first thing the bishop would do, should do is to inquire if he or she is a tithe payer. He should know whether the name is on the book of the law of the Lord, and if not on the book, if he or she has been derelict and negligent in, re in relation to this principle of tithing. He or she has no claim upon the bishop, neither have their children, and if under those circumstances the bishop assists him, it will simply be out of pure charity, and not because such have any claim upon the church. That is why the widow who receives assistance from the church should pay her tithing so that her name may be on the records of the church. It is not a law that is applicable to one and not to another. If the rich may not receive blessings because their names are not on the record, then neither shall the poor receive blessings in the house of God if their names are not recorded. So long as a poor person receives his or her support through the tithings of the people, they should be willing to observe the law themselves in order that they may be entitled to what they receive. They should show by their observance of the law that they that that they are law keepers and not law breakers. Our children, as soon as they become old enough to earn means, should be taught to, hold, to pay their tithing, that their names may be written in the book of the law of the Lord, so that if perchance their father die and they are left orphans, their names as well as the names of their parents will be found upon the records and they will, as God lives, be entitled to their support and to their education. It is our duty to look after these children and see that they have an equal chance with those who are most favored with parents to look after them. Verse 6, uh, and the storehouse shall be kept by the consecrations of the church and widows and orphans shall be provided for as also the poor. Amen. Your religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, wrote James, to visit the fatherless and widows in their afflictions. In ancient Israel, the Lord commanded that special care be given to looking after the needs of widows. Those who provided for the widow were promised that they would be blessed in all of their affairs. And that last part was by Joseph Gilligan McConkie. I bear testimony that these things are true and that as we uh, understand better the law of consecration, that we can begin to live that now and, uh, and make sure that we pay our tithing so that we can be on the records of the churches having done so. I bear that testimony in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. See you next time. Bye.